Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Not Another Sales Guy. In the episode today, I'm going to be joined by Morgan J. Ingram, and we're going to be talking all around the topic of proactivity. I'll be discussing what we actually mean by that when it relates to the world of sales, the benefit it can have for us, and the implications of not being proactive, along with some practical tips for you, the listener. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Morgan, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm all good. How about you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Great. Great. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I thought before we go into our topic today, which is all around being proactive, it would be great from the listeners' um, benefit just to give them a bit of an overview of your background and your story, really. Yeah. So I'll keep it short and concise and to the point. I, my first job out of college was a sales development rep role. So SDR role for, for all you that are familiar with that. And I got that role because I didn't really necessarily know what I wanted to do after college. I never really wanted to be an SDR. I wasn't like, oh yeah, let me go do that. I really wanted to go be a sports agent, but that didn't pan out. So I was at a local event here in Atlanta and I heard about a company called Terminus and I cold called into that company and I called to the director of sales and I got that SDR role. And I started creating content and that series is called the SCR Chronicles. And that's what blew up my brand from a LinkedIn perspective within the space. And then from there, I got promoted to SCR manager, had a team of 13 reps. And then one of my videos that I was creating got caught and got the attention of John Barrows, who does sales training all around the world with top, top scaling companies, LinkedIn, Google, and Box. And he asked me to join his team. And I was like, that sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> and so now I'm, on, now I'm on his team and I help train and motivate sales development teams, account development teams, and BDR teams. That's my role now. Sounds like a, a great story so far, and I'd love to go into a bit more around. You mentioned the SDR Chronicles there a bit later on. Um, so so thanks for that. So, so moving on to our topic, what we're going to be talking around today is that the world of proactivity. And, and you know, as we discussed before this, there's a lot of different views on this. But I suppose it'd be good to start from your perspective when you hear the word being proactive. What, what springs to your mind, first of all? Yeah, I mean, being proactive is just not chilling. So so what pe- most people do is uh, people wait and they chill and they hang out and they want things to happen. Uh, they want opportunities to knock on their door and be like, oh, yeah, I'm here. And that's just straight up not going to happen. Um, sorry to tell you, it's just not. So what being proactive is when you do start in your new role, going and asking questions of top performers and going proactively out to seek content. That's the way to get yourself ahead. A lot of people just think that it's all going to happen just by osmosis or by default and it's not so really think about like what can i do today what can i do tomorrow to make sure that i'm putting myself out there every single day and making sure that i'm not putting myself in a bad spotlight that's what proactive to me that's what it means mm, definitely and it, i suppose linking to that it's, it's really about having a strategy isn't it it's, it's thinking big picture rather than a day-by-day basis because having that that strategy can also help your motivation your goal setting and a few other things and also helps you own a bit more of your success rather than just it being a bit by luck, which you may perceive it as, as if you're in a more of a reactive mindset. Yeah. 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 So I think, it, I think it's more so that strategy is a key. I think a lot of people don't think about strategy and that's a whole different conversation there, but you have to be strategic on what you're doing and what you're saying. Like nobody is just going to figure out what you're doing. If you don't have a strategy of what you want to accomplish and what your message is. I think a lot of people do miss that point as well. And 
excuse me, it's also additionally understanding like what are the things that I'm trying to get across uh, for me and my goals. So what do you need to be planning out? What are your calls you need to be making? How should you be sending out emails? Those are things you have to consider as well. Mm, definitely. So what kind of benefits do you think there are? I mean, we've kind of touched on a few there, but the, the main ones of being proactive in the world of sales for your customer's point of view, but also for your own. Yeah, I mean, being proactive is also is the fact that most people aren't proactive. So most people don't do the follow-ups. People don't do the multi-touch thread, and that's how you get that's how you get in front of people. You're not gonna you're not gonna see any other success otherwise. So it's really understanding, hey, what am I gonna do to make sure that I can do everything possible to get in front of everyone that I can, and and in ways that are obviously professional and not annoying, of course. But doing it in a way that it's going to promote results because if you're proactive and you're putting yourself out there, you're reading, you're listening to podcasts, I guarantee you're going to be ahead of everyone else because most people just go through the motions and are like, yeah, it is what it is. And that's fine, but don't be that person because it really is just an inch of extra effort that can really put you in a good spot for sales. Definitely. And you mentioned a point there, you know, not going over the top because i think it's very easy sometimes when people say for example managers and you know directors and so on just saying you know just be proactive and sometimes that can be misconstrued as why i've just got to bombard the customer at every point which of course isn't the way which comes back to why it's important to have that strategy when you're being proactive and not just think i'm going to throw everything at once at this person and hope something sticks exactly definitely um and I think another point you mentioned there is that, you know, by being proactive, it's it's putting you ahead of the rest of the game, really, particularly when you're in a competitive environment, which most sales arenas are these days, is that it does make you more, it, stand, it makes you stand out a lot more. And I think also when you come from a proactive point of view, you come from more of a consultative approach, whereas when you're reactive, it's more like the customer's in control of the conversation and therefore you aren't able to impart as much value sometimes or insight with them. Yeah, yeah. So with a approach with obviously with a proactive approach, obviously it's consultative, but it's the fact that you're trying to provide value on top of that as well. So obviously you got to do your research and know why you're reaching out. But I wouldn't say more so it's obviously the customer, if they're in an inbound, I think the stats like they're 80% of the way deciding what they really what they want to do moving forward in the process. But also mm-hmm. inbound is obviously the the best thing that you want because that means that person's raised their hand. So you're more so just in control to figure out how do I guide them to really that that buying decision process to where they're like, we want to buy. But it definitely is we it's definitely more applicable to look at, hey, as an overall point, like how can you be proactive in your outreach to make sure that you're you're doing the right things along the way? Definitely. And how can people do this to in terms of being proactive to identify more potential customers, for example, ones that aren't just coming to them? Well, that, that's a lot of things. It comes down to what type of organization it is. But I would just kind of give a lay of the land. You got to figure out what your ICP is. And so what's your tier A, tier B, tier C account? So tier A is your highly targeted, highly like these are the people I'm definitely targets. And then tier B is, okay, this is the quantity perspective. Like how can I do this at scale, persona-based messaging? And then tier C is like your practice. So you got to figure out where you want to be the most proactive there because you don't want to waste your time reaching out to accounts that are going to be garbage, right? That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense at all. And then additionally, you got to figure out what pers- what your persona is, what are they doing? So what's their priorities? What are their pain points? And writing that out to figure out what, exa- what exactly does that look like? So that's a really, really big thing as well. And then additionally, I would also 
look at your time. So when people, people aren't as proactive as they can be because they run out of time. So it's time blocking your day and organizing it to make sure you're not doing the wrong things. Yeah. I think that's such a big point, isn't it? Cause so many people I've heard, you know, through coaching and working alongside have said, you know, I never have enough. I never have time for being proactive. There's always stuff that comes up and that's always going to be the case because naturally in the world of sales, you never leave your day thinking I've done everything I need to do today. And unless you block out that time, as you mentioned, there's always going to be stuff that arises. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with a, f- a few companies who've, who've called it sacred time and they've blocked it out and everyone sort of put that time aside to to put some proactive, whether that be some strategy, outbound calling, or even, you know, the power of social media these days is is gathering insight and some value from, from LinkedIn and Instagram and, and how you could utilize that when looking for potential customers that may not be ready to buy yet, but you can kind of plant some seeds with. Mm. And I think that's a, that's a big point there around sometimes, you know, it's great when you've got customers that are ready to buy, but, but going back to the first point we talked about around thinking bigger picture is, you know, can you be planting seeds? I use the phrase, you know, plant the seeds, sell the plant because over time these seeds can grow. And if you talk about them more from a, sharing stories point of view of what other customers are doing and planting that seed then by the time the customer is ready to buy they they feel a lot more comfortable with what they what we've been discussing and and the ideas you've been putting into their heads yeah yeah that's that's a that's a really big thing because you have to if you're proactive in doing your research and figuring out what the prospects already like being how they like being talked to then now additionally only thing that you have to now how can I articulate that value prop so that people, again, will respond to me and then also understand where I'm coming from and it's not confusion? Mm, definitely. So when you first entered the world of sales, taking you back a bit now, um, what were some of the things that you thought at the time or, or stick to you to this day that, that ensure that you're being proactive with everything that you do, maybe not just in a work sense, but in a everyday life sense? Everyday life? Um, I think. I think... I think the biggest thing I mentioned again is organizing my schedule. I think that helps me be proactive because I, I had to hold myself accountable to things. You know, we as humans, if we see something and we are, we either tell ourselves, we're not tell ourselves or tell someone else that we're going to do something. We don't like disappointing people as a whole. So we're actually going to go do it. So when you put stuff on your calendar, your calendar is basically essentially we treat it as another person and whatever you put on there, you're going to do. And so that's why every time I see the calendar, I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I need to do. And that's the best way moving forward that I need to focus on this. So I would say over anything else, it's the biggest thing has been organizing my schedule. And then also just making sure I'm just following up with people. I think, again, that's something that a lot of people just don't do in sales. We've talked about um, the benefits there, Morgan, of of being proactive. What do you think are some of the implications on the other side of, of people being reactive i mean we've we've touched on a couple of them but are there any others you can think of you're gonna get you're gonna get lapped because the people that are reactive are the people that are too late so there's all there's tons of stuff that are happening right now like video selling there's i mean social selling it's not new but it's still around right and all these factors that are involved people are completely missing out on them they're not paying attention to seeing what's going on so well, the reason I say that is because when you're reactive, you miss out on things. When you miss out on things, you miss out on opportunities. When you miss out on opportunities, you don't get the, you don't hit your quota and you don't get the revenue that you're supposed to hit. So it's really focusing 
<clears throat> excuse me, it's really focused in on, okay, if I'm reactive, nothing good's really going to happen for me because mm-hmm. you're, you're literally waiting on for things that are going to come in your sphere. And if you're doing that, you're not, you're not again, being proactive and finding opportunities that are actually waiting for you to be reached out to. And also it creates a, a lazy mindset. And so you're going to think that everything should just come to you. And over time, you're going to think that everything in your career is going to come to you, which again, it's not. And so you're going to be in the same spot. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be upset with yourself because you just sat and waited for things. And, you know, from what I know, if you want to go get something, you got to go get it. You can't wait on it. And if you continue to put yourself out there, then yeah, you'll start getting reactive situations, but you don't want to be a reactive person. Mm. Absolutely. I think as well, as we mentioned um, earlier on around, you know, when you are being proactive, you're in control of the sale and you can own your own success. The, the kind of flip side of that with the reactive nature is that you you put everything down to luck or everything that's coming to you and you don't really think about it in terms of that self-awareness of what am I doing to be successful? It's more about, oh, I got lucky because that lead came in or that person called up and I picked up the phone rather than being proactive mm. and a bit more mindful of this is my strategy and these are my skills and this is what I can be consistent with to continue my success really yes exactly and i again i've never met a successful person that was like oh yeah i was super reactive like i didn't do anything <laughs> i sat on the couch and then everyone everything came to me i've ne- i've not met a successful person that said that so you know success leaves clues is what they say so i'm gonna follow the people who have seen success and they're like they're more they're more often than not the most proactive people and they're continuously trying to get themselves out there. So again, if you don't, again, if you don't want success and you want to be average, go be reactive. That's great. But if you want success and you want to make it, then you got to be proactive. Yeah. And on that, why why do you think some people are still reactive in in this day and age you've been selling? Because it's easy. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's easy to be reactive. Like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to make any calls. You don't have to face any rejections. You don't have to send out any emails. You don't have to post content. You don't have to create a video and expose yourself. Like, yeah, it's it's easy. So most people are like, oh, yeah, I'll go do an inbound role and I'll just chill and sit here and wait for everything to happen. And again, that's your mindset and that's where you're at. Great. I'm just saying don't expect anything great to happen out of being in something inbound. Now, if you have to take a step back and you have to go in a reactive role, like an inbound role to go see success somewhere else, that's great. What I'm saying is that people who are like, I, I want everything to come to me. I just don't see in what world that's really going to be helpful. And that's not really sales at the end of the day. But to answer your question, again, people do it because it's the easiest thing to do. And society is always trying to figure out what's the easiest thing to do. That's why, you know, this is a side note. I think that's why voice is going to be big, like Alexa skills, Google Home, all these things, because everyone is inherently lazy and they don't like spending too much time on certain things. And also a lot of people don't like sometimes even working for stuff because of the nature of what is seen out in culture. Like social media has made it. People think that like everything is easy to obtain when it, there's a lot of work that goes into people that have really created certain lives for themselves. But again, mm. because of social media, there's no, there's no, and there's no, there's not a lot of content where it's like, okay, today was terrible. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. There's not a lot of content like that. It's like I'm on a skyscraper somewhere. I bought a Lambo or something. So I think that's why people are more reactive because they think everything is that easy when it's actually inherently not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also sometimes that it's also because it seems so far away when they do see those images of where they are that it's almost like oh, I can never be in that position when they don't realize like the actual effort and work that's gone in for those individuals to do that. Sometimes people often hear it when you're 
the world of sales where everyday life is you know people are lucky they're lucky to have that they're lucky to have got that lead or whatever and it's like you know you create your own luck essentially exactly. in everything that you do um i think on another point as well from from my opinion why some people are still reactive is that they haven't evolved within the world of sales you quite often get a lot of people who've been within this environment and of course you know you know look two or three years ago even then things have changed and i don't think people because of habit and also as you've mentioned being comfortable been able to adapt to that and i think sometimes you know when organizations are saying you know you've got to be proactive they've also got to provide the skills and training for those individuals to give them the right kind of tools if they have been doing it for a while to be able to upskill them yes so i think there's 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 two things here right so one is you can have the right amount of tools which i'll elaborate in just a minute but two is when you have a too many tools and you have tool fatigue. So a lot of people have tool, tool, tool fatigue and they don't actually aren't proficient and they're not proactive as they could be. So they blame the tools. I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to work. Okay, great, whatever. So let's go back to point number one, which is the tools are useful if you know how to use them correctly to be proactive. Like I have a good amount of tools that I use, but they help me be more proactive than other people. And so I can be more proficient on messaging. So I think it comes down to, are you going to use your tools in the right way? And are you not wasting your time? If you're able to articulate that and do that, then you're going to put yourself in a good spot. Definitely. Definitely. And we've, we've mentioned a couple of um, things on the podcast so far around pe- how people could become more proactive, but would you have any other tips that worked for you or the people that you train on how the listeners can, can be more proactive when they're selling? Yeah, I think, I think a, a big thing is creating, I talked about this, but I'll go a little bit more detail. It's creating a top 25 or top 50, top 100 account list. So who are you trying to get in front of and what you're trying to do? I think that's, that's crucial. I think another way to do it is try to find events that your prospects in your industry is going to and going to the events, meeting people face-to-face. Face-to-face selling is still the best way to get in front of people. And uh, even if this is also a big, a lot of people don't do this and I don't know why, but it's, you got to be like, just understand this concept. When you do go to events and you have prospects or you have future customers that are actually in the city, you should email them and say, hey, I'm going to be in the city the day before, like, let's connect. So I recently was in New York last week, and Monday I had meetings the entire day. I didn't go back home until like 10 o'clock. And the reason I had meetings all day is because I knew I had prospects within the area, and I knew that, hey, look, while I'm here, I can connect with some people and have some good conversations. So you really got to think about that and why that's applicable is because now you can they put a face to the name and you've now jumped to the top of the pile whoever the other competitors are facing against. so don't be shy from 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 understanding what you need to be doing from a from a proactive standpoint because those things are going to put you ahead of the game and additionally i'm going to say i know i mentioned podcasts but i would even say blog posts like find blog posts that your personas are writing in or reading and then taking those tips and those hints and then using those as part of your outreach Great. Some really good tips there. I think, you know, you mentioned earlier on as well around you know, the different tools that we have at our, dis- our disposal, particularly in this day and age. I think, you know, a great way for people to become more proactive is to absorb, for example, on LinkedIn, all the information that they can in terms of like insight and value and how they can add that to their customers when they're speaking to them from a proactive point of view, particularly the ones that aren't ready to buy. You're yeah. thinking, you know, what, what nugget of information can I, can I give them, whether it's a new customer or whether it's an existing that's just going to give them, first of all, an idea, but also show them that I'm 
understanding their industry i'm understanding their market and i'm moving myself beyond just the sales guy into a bit more of a consultative i know this is overused kind of trusted advisor approach but someone who isn't just an expert in my world but as an expert in theirs as well exactly exactly that's that's exactly where i'm coming from great great so um there's some really good tips there for for um the listeners and thanks for sharing that on you know how they can be proactive and what i'd like to do now morgan is just maybe delve into a bit more about you and you mentioned at the start of the podcast around um, the SDR Chronicles. I'd love to sort of understand or, or know a bit more around the story about what what was the inspiration behind it, and how did you go about setting it up? First of all, yeah. So there's a there's actually a ton of things that go into it, and it's pretty interesting because I never I never really wanted to create content or even be on this podcast or even be on podcast as we are now. That wasn't really my agenda. I just wanted to, again, be a sports agent, do my thing, and pretty much just live my life without all this exposure and the personal brand that I built today. So, But what really made me change my thought process is when, before I started as my SDR role, I went to, or I went to a blog. It's called Sales Hacker, for those of you who are listening, if you're wondering where this blog's at. And it has a lot of good sales tips and sales technology and sales process. And there was a blog and it talked about, you know, if you're an SDR, you should create a YouTube channel. And I'd already been creating Facebook book, Facebook videos before uh, on this motivational stuff. So I, I kind of was already in the game and understanding it because I understood I wanted to build a personal brand. And so what I did is I created that YouTube channel because of that blog post. But what spurred me on even more to do it and why I'm still consistent and post every single day to, and to this day is I saw a keynote two years ago. It's at a conference called Rainmaker Sales Off. And Gary Vaynerchuk was the keynote. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, what I believe. And I always believe that it depends on what are you going to do with those things that happen to you is what really makes up the results of your life. And so he talked about, hey, if a sales professional decides to build a personal brand, that'd be a really smart move because it would dramatically uh, change the direction of their career. And so it has for me. And so I, I took it seriously. And that's when I started creating the SDR Chronicle. So what it is, is just daily tips, motivation and advice. That's what it started off as. And then I post that daily for about four to six months. And then after that, it turned into interviews because people wanted to get on the show. So now it's more so an interview show, but I still do some some solo videos by myself. But that's essentially where the SDR Chronicles has come from. And now it's a podcast and it's evolved. Great, great. And I think that's originally how I found you, actually. I was referred by um, someone that I actually coach at work to check out your your, your videos and have subsequently actually played them to to quite a few people because I think it's yeah. um, just broken down so simply and so practically that it's it's it can be absorbed and I think particularly you know in this day and age that's how people need it is I think you know video and you mentioned voice is is one of the best ways to kind of convey that message and that information that people can think right I know how to use this now I don't only just only understand it I know how to use it right exactly. And aside from SDR Chronicles, you know, you've, you mentioned a couple of things there, but is there anything else that inspires you or any particular individuals? Who inspires me? Well, uh, John, John Bears inspires me. Uh, I didn't know how much he actually, how hard he worked until I started working for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm completely baffled at how he even does it. So that, that to me is uh, he's self-inspiring. I'd probably say my dad, my dad's done a lot and I know how much he's, worked hard for us for uh, my brothers to get to where we're at so um my you know my mom and my dad so they inspire me just 
by osmosis. But I'd probably say, like, outside of that, because obviously those are people that I'm going to say, I would probably say, I and mean, Gary Vee, we already know that, but I'd probably say uh, Lewis, Lewis Howes is very inspiring. I like his story, where he came from. He actually built his brand off of LinkedIn and has grown into where he is today. And he his dream was to be a, a professional sports player, and he didn't get to do it because he got hurt. And The Rock is the same way. I think The Rock is super inspiring. I've never met him in person, but this story and the way that he changed the trajectory of where he wanted to go and then made it made something now to where he's probably bigger than he would have been if he wasn't if he was in the NFL, I think is actually a tremendous story. And that's like it truly inspires me uh, about that. And then I would also say Eric Thomas is truly inspiring because he went from straight up being homeless to now probably number one speaker, number number one motivational speaker in the world. So those are people that inspire me. And I always, you know, listen to their content, which I call virtual mentors. I've, I haven't met, I've only met, yeah, I've met half of them. Some of them I haven't met. So it's good to see people who are out there and knowing that success is possible. And I've, this is kind of my last, my last advice on this topic right here is that I think a lot of people get too caught up in the flash and the flash of what people are. And I would encourage you to go look at people's first videos, go look at their first talk, go look at their first blog post and understand that they weren't amazing when they first did it. And I, I go look, I looked at Gary Vee's first video, Eric Thomas' first video, Lewis Howe's like first podcast. They're really not that, they're really honestly not that good. And so when you realize it's consistency and hard work and time that's devoted to the craft is when you realize that, you know, we're all just on a journey and we all have a long, a long way to go and it's not an overnight thing. Mm. Definitely, definitely agree with, with everything you said there. And and when when you're not, you know, uh, busy creating content for the SDR Chronicles and working, what else keeps you entertained? What do you what do you enjoy? What's your passion? Yeah, so so I majored in finance, and I'm frugal with my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all my friends are pretty much know that I'm pretty cheap. All my my parents are like, you're the cheapest person in the world. It's like that's finance. Just studied it. I don't like spending money, but. If I do spend money, it's going to be on music festivals. So I try to go to one every single quarter. Um, if a concert's in town, I will buy tickets to go and see it. I'm, I'm a big person. I like experiences and travel as well. So I actually hate taking vacation. And the reason I hate taking vacation is because I feel like I, if I take like five days off, like I feel like someone's about to like come behind me and like take my spot or something. <laughs> and like, that's just a weird thing that I have. But when I take the vacation, I realize I really did need, I really do need it. So I actually like traveling and, checking out new things and just kind of exploring. That's like my big thing. I like exploring different places and different parts of culture and just learning. And I play video games. It's something that I grew up with. I actually, most people don't know this fun fact. I was semi-pro, I guess, pro level in Halo in Halo 2 back in the day. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge, huge gamer. <laughs> and, um, but though, yeah, those are, I mean, obviously movies and things of that nature, like conferences, I like going to those. And, but, but really to kind of sum this whole up though, Making content actually is one of the most enjoyable things that I do, actually, because I actually thoroughly enjoy doing it. It gives me a calming presence. Like if I'm actually like stressed out about something and I'm just like worrying or something, I will actually go and make content because that's my release. Almost as if someone was going to go play guitar or go make music. But those are really things I, I do in my spare time. Uh, again, I, I don't. I'm not too crazy on spending a lot of things, but my thing is spending on experiences because those are things I can always talk about. And I have, I could tell, I could be on here and be like, talk about all the stories you had. And I could talk about things for days based on just, I have a lot of experiences. I've just done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. And, and on the topic of traveling, what's, what's top of the bucket list for, for your, the next few years? 
Yeah, so my boss gave me that my former my former boss my gave me an old challenge and I and I and I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it. So he wants me to do 30 countries before I turn 30. So I'm 25 right now. So I got five years. I gotta go to 30 countries <laughs> before I turn 30. And so my bucket list right now is like, all right, I gotta start proximity-wise. So I have Toronto, Vancouver, UK, Dublin. And um, in Italy, those are five places that out of the five places that I want to go to the country, those are five places I want to hit. If I go somewhere else, that'd be cool. But, you know, I, I've just I've always been told by all my friends that do travel and have lived in other places for like a year. Like, yo, you need to leave the country. I've never left the country. <laughs> and all my Lyft drivers are like, yo, you got to leave. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going to get to it. So my plan is to hit all those hit those five countries first and then evolve. But those are all my bucket lists. And then I'm. It'll probably expand as people tell me, yo, you should go here, you should go there. Um, Colombia is one that someone told me I should go to. Bahamas, like take a cruise. So I'm I'm exploring options, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be outside of the country soon and just check, check out new culture and, ex- and experience new things. Great. And if you ever come to London, you know, there's a tour guide um, available that can show you around. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, before we before we um, before we conclude, Morgan, is there any other bits of advice, not necessarily related to the topic we've been talking today, that you'd you'd want to share with the listeners that um, that they could just as long as as long as they're doing this within the world of sales, you feel like you know what you're on the right path. Yeah, I, I, I would say honestly, at this, at this current point, like a lot of people, you know, as we're talking about being proactive, is uh, most people are just afraid of being proactive, or they're afraid of rejection, or afraid it's not going to work. The big thing is that like. There's a ton of things that I've done that haven't worked. There's probably a ton of things that you've done that haven't worked. But the thing is, like, you have to do them to figure out if it works or not. And you can't live in a, a shell or a rock to be like, I'm not going to be proactive. I'm going to wait because you don't know what happens when you put yourself out there from a from a content perspective or you try out a new phone call intro or you try out a new email that you didn't think that worked. Like, if you actually put yourself out there and you're like, I'm going to make this work, it will work. So that's my piece of advice for everybody is, like, really understanding that because once you – are embraced and like i'm gonna gonna be confident and try new things to see if it works that will help you on the long run great great some great advice there and, and thank you so much for your for your time today and also your insight and your tips i think you know from my perspective i've, I've learned a couple of things there and i think the listeners definitely will too awesome um for any of those listeners who do want to find you morgan how would they how would they go about that via instagram super simple at morgan j ingram that's instagram that's twitter Morgan I'm on LinkedIn. Um, those are the best ways to connect with me. Yep, perfect. Well, thank you again for your time. And, um, you know, I think there's a couple of topics we've discussed today that we could probably venture into the future with, with future podcasts as well. Yeah, 100%. You know, I hope everyone takes the bits and pieces of this content today and this podcast today. Be more proactive, putting yourself out there. Don't be afraid and keep dialing. Great, great, great uh, leaving advice there. Perfect. Well, um, thanks very much, Morgan. And thanks very much, uh, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Nine Other Sales Podcast. Thanks for listening, you lovely people. If you want to stay up to date with the latest goings on in terms of the podcast series, then you can find me on Instagram, Not Another Sales Guy, with an underscore in each of those words, Chris Hatfield on LinkedIn or via a website, www.notanothersalesguide.com. But until next time, stay tuned for another episode.